Welcome to Advance with MUSE Health. I'm your host, Erin Spain. This show's mission is to help you find ways to preserve and optimize your health and get the care you need to live well. Family care physicians have been called the foundation of healthcare in America. About one in five of all doctors' visits are made to family physicians, and they provide more care for America's underserved and rural populations than any other medical specialty. Dr. Tony Graham III is an internal medicine specialist with a focus on family medicine at MUSC Health Primary Care, Ron McNair Boulevard, which is part of the new MUSC Health Black River Medical Center. He's here to explain how family physicians can provide essential support for both the health and well-being of your family. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What was it about family medicine that drew you into this specific field? Me getting into family medicine starts simply with watching my dad do the job for 30 plus years from 1979 until the time I was able to go off to medical school. About the time I was eight years old is when I decided I definitely wanted to be a medical doctor. There's a neighbor that lived approximately two to three miles down the road. He was working with his horses, thumb basically hanging off, came to our household about 8 p.m. It's a Wednesday night. I'll never forget it. My dad's office was literally not even half a mile away from our home on the same premises. I literally helped him stitch that the gentleman's finger back on in the middle of the evening. And at that point, I was sold. <laughs> I knew this is exactly what I wanted to do. And, you know, along the way, I thought about different specialties and it always kind of pointed me back in the direction of family medicine and specifically here in the rural community in which I grew up. In some cases, you're treating little infants all the way to grandparents, all in the same family. Tell me about that continuity of care. How does that benefit you as a physician and the family? Well, first thing is, you know, there's an implied trust. One of the things that I say to my patients when they come into established care is there's an unwritten contract that's understood between you and I when you come in. And that is that you've given me your trust to look out for your best interests. And when it's in a family, it disseminates from grandparent to parent, to nephew, to niece, to uncle, to aunt. And you almost have an established relationship to start with even on the initial visit. And then it allows communication walls to not be there. It allows communication to be easier. And some of the things that people would probably be more hesitant to tell a person on in other instances, in these instances, I'm often able to get that information out of them more easily. And of course, the more information we are able to get, the better I'm able to take care of, of the patients. When a new health issue arises from a broken bone to maybe a more serious diagnosis such as cancer, tell me about the role that you play. So with regards to being a primary care provider, whether it's general internal medicine, family medicine, pediatrics, it doesn't matter which one, you really should be the hub of communication for that patient. When they develop a new problem, it's up to you to assess and figure out whether they need to go on and see a specialist, whether it's something that you can take care of in-house, and then be a good warden of all the information that the patient receives, because oftentimes they're going to come back to me to get clarification on things that they may not have understood when they went to a specialist or when they got a test done or say they got their wellness testing at work and then they got a printout. And for me, it may be simple in layman's terms, and to them, it's still 
looks like Mandarin Chinese. So they end up coming in with a stack of papers and, you know, literally it takes a, a small amount of time to sit down to clarify all of that for them. And that's probably the main role you, you play with regards to new diagnoses is just setting the course for treatment and making sure that they're on the right path. And then if there's any specialists, any other things that are needed to make sure that they have the best outcome. It's up to you to make those referrals and those connections so that they have the best outcome possible. You know, you mentioned you're almost like an interpreter in some ways of medical information they may be getting from other sources. And to play this role, you have to have some cultural competency or maybe some consideration about the backgrounds of the individuals that you are serving. Tell me about that and how that plays into how you communicate with your patients. So a funny thing my patients will tell you that I say to them is, okay, I'm going to start out and I'm going to talk in doctor English, and then I'm going to transfer to the regular people English, okay? And they always <laughs> laugh when I say that. And I say it somewhat just to make them comfortable, but I mean it because, you know, I, you, you take a term that's is, you know, for any doctor, we take something like costochondritis and, and we hear it and we know that it means nothing, but, you know, just inflammation of your chest wall, you get do it doing push-ups, lifting weights, pushing boxes. But the average person here thinks they're dying. And it's up to you to make sure they understand that, wait, listen, I'm going to shoot a 15-letter word at you. And it's not a death sentence just because it's a large foreign word. And, and just to break it down and make sure they understand why it's not that and how it's completely and easily handled and, and why it should not be a worry for them. And that's, you know, and that's the biggest thing there. Everyone has different educational levels here. Again, I grew up right here in Lake City, small community right outside Lake City called Hog Eye. You know, the average educational level here is, I think it's, it's risen from the time I was a kid. When I was a kid, I think it was sixth grade. Now it's, you know, around nine, 10th grade. That being said, medical education is a far cry from that. And so understanding that even a person that has a high school education or college education, when they're being inundated with so much information left and right, whether it's on the internet, whether it's from commercials, infomercials, you've got to be willing to just take the time and sit down and help them understand, you know, how that information pertains to them and what's going on with them at the time and get them to be settled with what's happening. Even if it is something dire, get them to understand that, hey, look, we have a plan of attack. We know how we're going to address this. And, you know, it requires you just establishing trust. I mean, you are truly an expert on your community. You grew up there, and this is a more rural area of the state. Just explain for people listening some of the social determinants of health that we see in rural areas that maybe we don't see in other parts of South Carolina, like more affluent suburbs. Well, you know, it's honestly, it's an overall access to resources, it, it, completely different. And that's the beauty of what having MUSC come into the community means for this rural community, and hopefully as MUSC continues on its mission to integrate the rest of rural South Carolina into academic medicine, I mean the same thing for them, is just increase access to these resources that's needed for people that have that laundry list of disease processes, and they come in with that you know, travel bag full of medications It allow for them to be able to get access to discounted medications allow for them to be able to do telehealth visits with specialists that they would not otherwise be able to see just because the overall price of travel is just way too much for them to afford in general if they have to travel down it 
because back in the day when I was coming up, you know, some visits was a trip to the peninsula. And, you know, for most people, that trip is a bill or, you know, making sure they had dinner for that evening. So these are the type of things that we have to take into consideration in the rural community and understanding the just a myriad of differences with regards to socioeconomic circumstances and how this impacts people's abilities to be able to, to access medical care, as well as other things that are going to impact their health from quality of food, understanding the importance of health and exercise and all the things that a, a lot of us may take for granted that, that have had the opportunity to either spend time outside of, of a rural community or have the resources to, to be able to attain these things. One of those examples of a resource from MUSC Health is the new Black River Medical Center that's just opening in Cades. Tell me about what you're hoping this new facility is going to bring to the community. I can't tell you how much it means to myself, many of the the members of the community. I, one of my patients literally was in tears in examining room number eight, literally yesterday morning, talking about that she remembers when my dad came back here in 1979. There were still remnants of segregation in, in the community. There was hoopla even about an African-American doctor hanging his own uh, roof to begin a medical practice. And, and integrate into the hospital that's been it had been in existence for roughly 20 years and now very doctor's son is, is an integral part of of the hospital that my dad and i we would my, my grandparents home is literally which is my mom's parents is literally next door to the hospital and i would tell my dad when i was teenager between being a teenager and undergrad that it was absurd that we had two separate hospitals that were so small and that it only made sense that we combine resources. And you would hear other people in conversations that were in the medical community say things like that. And they see something like that come to fruition and the things that it's going to produce with regards to cutting edge medical care, top of the line emergency services, radiologic evaluations, including 3D mammograms, easy access to endoscopy, including colonoscopies. Believe it or not, it's 22 years in the 21st century in Williamsburg County. This is the first time it's had an MRI in the entire county. You're even brainstorming ways to make this more accessible for your patients, such as providing transportation service for patients to the new hospital. You know, how important do you think it is for health institutions to support the communities that they're based in by offering these additional services? Again, it can all be there, but if they can't get to it, it, it makes no sense. And again, we're talking about uh, people that have some of the most limited resources. When gas shoots up to almost $5 a gallon, we're talking about a trip down five miles down the road, 10 miles round trip. And maybe I'd rather feed my two kids tonight. That's not a choice that should have to be made. And obviously the model won't be perfect to start with, but allowing the process to take place and presenting people with the option to be able to have some type of transportation and integrate it into what goes on daily, it's going to mean the most for people to get access and not to mention what it's going to mean for, for, for economic development. While I realize this is mainly about medical care, you know, I'd be remiss to, to not mention how 
excellent health care all around impacts a community and helps with its overall growth and what that means from an economic standpoint. And if you're thinking about things from a well-rounded standpoint, you begin to pay attention to these things and understand these things. And of course, you will only want to feed into it and help improve it. So it'll help bolster the community in its own growth. It's obvious that you care a lot about your patients and their well-being. And that can also include their mental health. Just tell me about some of the other ways that you sort of wrap around care. Is mental health care something else that you take into consideration? Absolutely. So in the rural community, the the perspective on uh, mental health is a little different take. It's almost taboo to a certain extent, not as bad as it was when I was younger, but it's almost taboo to a certain extent to even mention that you feel depressed or that you have doubts about how you're feeling about life. And, you know, again, one of my sayings I say to to my patients, and if you ever meet one of them, they'll tell you, he says this, it's great that I order all these tests and I go through all these numbers with you and, and make no mistake. I'm going to try to make sure your cholesterol is perfect, your blood pressure is perfect. But if all of that's in line and you're not okay up here in in your head and here in your heart, then it it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's, It's all for nothing. I need you to understand that I don't stand in judgment of you when you come to me and tell me you're not okay. I need you to express that to me and and let us sit down and work it out. Let's figure out what we can do to help you feel okay, or at least start going in the right direction and get you other services, counseling, as well as medication if needed in order to help people get into a good place from a mental standpoint. Is there anything else that you want to add? You know, I'd just like to reiterate just the importance of integration of academic medicine in our rural communities. I've had the pleasure of growing up here, watching the impact that a few doctors and a few people that are willing to go above and beyond can have on the community. And then going out to be educated outside of the community in Nashville, doing work in Chicago, doing medical volunteer work with my father in Haiti, and going on and being trained in, in in Eastern Carolina ECU, where we worked with a lot of, of rural area and how academic medicine can really impact areas like that. And I saw it as a mirror of what could be if we had the same thing here. And so it, it's, it's not just with, with overall elation that I welcome MUSC and the idea that they're doing this here, but that it's going throughout the state, given that South Carolina is so much rural community. Before I let you go, I want to ask you the question we ask everyone who comes on the podcast, and that is, what do you do to optimize your health and live well? I exercise. I like to lift a lot of heavy weight. That's you know, a time of clarity for me, time to just kind of let out some frustrations and and whatnot. I try to keep a fairly healthy diet and just try to stay active, whether it's running around with my kids. Sometimes it's not getting out running the three or five miles. It's just taking a, a walk with my wife. Anything to just keep the motor running, keep the mind you know, as clear as possible. Well, Dr. Tony Graham III, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was just a pleasure to talk with you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. For more information on this podcast, check out advance.musehealth.org.